Hey everybody, this is Ben Smith, and I'm bringing you my partner today. So I wanted to really introduce Jordan Dumars directly to you. So Jordan, if I haven't said it before, he is an NBA dealmaker. He played basketball in Michigan, the legendary powerhouse Michigan. He played overseas. And of course, his dad is none other than Joe Dumars, the legendary Hall of Fame player and general manager. So Jordan has lived sports and business his entire life. He's really an insider, and I mean that through and through. I'm learning things from him every single day. Now, we sat down, and I just want to give you a little bit of a taste of our conversation. So we started chopping it up about entrepreneuring, the NBA, the business of entertainment, and a whole lot more. We actually got into how NBA players are flocking to L.A. and why is that happening, and also how young athletes right now are approaching business. So you're going to love this. This is chance bending for you. So there you go. Once again, J.D., what's up? My guy Ben, what's going on, man? <laughs> so, so what happened? What happened on Friday night? Yeah, man, it's live music event. My guy Calvin Truitt puts it on. Um, heavy into the music scene around here, like live band, jazz, R and B, conscious rap. Um, think of think of a guy like Common would be there. or... Jill Scott would be there, or Eric Badu would be there. Or, so conscious. Know, yeah, conscious. Mind you, all three of those legends that I just said, they weren't there, but they it's, were that, not. it's that kind of vibe. People who aspire to be like them. You're like, there's a lot of people who look like Eric Badu here. All right, all right. Yeah, that's true. That is true. You see a lot of Erica Badu impersonators around here. But yeah, so my guy, Strick from back home, um, rapper. He performed. Yeah, he performed. He he did a few of his songs. So we uh we all kind of run in the same clique from back home, and he was coming out here anyway to visit me for a few days, and it just so happened this thing was going on. And I was with my barber who puts it on, and I was like, "Yo, my guy, who?" Where did you find this barber? Uh, mutual friends out here. The the barber. The barber universe is small. You know? <laughs> Me and all my friends need haircuts, so we kind of just trade contacts. So for, for the record, uh, JD's been out here for, what, about a year? Yeah. And so how long did it take to find the barber? Uh, man, you can't waste no time finding a barber. <laughs> I need a haircut every week, so I find, that's one of the first things I found when I came out here. Yeah, so tell, 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 tell the, the people... How how did how did you get out here? What like give us give us the story of your your march out west to to L.A. Yeah, so technically I've been out here for a few years. Like my senior year, I was flying out here every other week, doing business and um, networking out here. That was in 2013. Spent a lot of time out here just traveling back and forth while I was finishing. You weren't even, you were like 19 years old or something in 2013. <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> but yeah, so, you know, um, and then from there, um, as I continued to play basketball, I would train here during the summers. A lot of my friends, 
made it to the NBA and as you know the NBA uh, community I'd say 70% of the NBA community spends their off season in LA and um, so me and, and all of my boys would just be out here and you know we would rent a crib for two three months probably from May to August and we did that for like two or three summers and um, obviously liked it a lot growing up in Detroit, Michigan. It's, it's pretty pretty opposite of that. Obviously Detroit is always going to be home and that's that, but you know, everything that LA has to offer, especially when you're pursuing an athletic career or you're pursuing a business career, they, I mean, it's, it's not much you can find like LA out here. So what brought me out here to, to living out here full time is, is opportunities of, you know, expanding on, on the business interest, being involved with all type of things, being it, involved with, you know, sitting here with Ben Smith right now, <laughs> things like that. <laughs> so, so, so let's talk about that. Let's get into that. So uh, we know that for ballers, for, for NBA athletes, L.A. is becoming a home. Why is that? Walk well, people through that. I think it's um, it's multifaceted. I think that um, when it comes just down to the core of what the main job of an athlete is, is obviously being able to perform athletically. You know, you have a boom of health industry innovation going on in L.A., you find a soul cycle or a rise nation on every corner. So you easily accessible to training your body to be the best it can be. I'd say some of the best trainers out there, personal trainers, strength and conditioning coaches are out here. Um, and then from there, obviously, if, if we go into the boom on YouTube, whether it's the Rico Hines run, whether it's everything that, well, that's UCLA whether it's the runs that are going on in Santa Monica, the runs up at LMU. I mean, you can't duplicate the ability to find pickup games because Paul George, James Harden, Russell Westbrook, KD, the, the upper echelon of the NBA is out here, and then all the aspiring players, whether it's Devin Booker and D'Angelo Russell and whoever it may be, everybody is out here. So between being able to find the runs to be able to compete and get better in and, you know, um, being able to take care of your body with the, the latest innovations of health. I, I covered strength and conditioning, but the best physical therapists out here, SRLA is out here. Um, yeah, these runs, these runs are epic. I epic. mean, these pictures are leaking out now during the summer, and you just see incredible, like, you're like, man, this is like Batman teaming right. up with Robin. You know, right. like, like, it's everybody playing everybody. Yeah. What's the be have you seen, like, what's the best one that you've seen? UCLA. UCLA is the run. Yeah, UCLA. That's anybody would tell you that. Yeah, like a secret gym there. Uh, I mean, it's not so much a secret anymore, but yeah, uh -huh. it's, it's um, uh, John Wooden's original gym. It's known as the recreation gym for the school now. The official basketball team doesn't use it. They have their own practice facility, but they use it in the summertime when you know all the NBA stars come through, and it's a guy named. Uh, Rico Hines, who runs it, he's a former UCLA player. Man, we got to get Rico here. We can get that done. Let's get Rico. Yeah. So, uh, and have you? What's the best matchup you've witnessed in the summer, personally? Have you seen something? Um, so, 
when you say best matchup, are you are you considering that a battle or a domination? Oh wow! Uh, you tell me, man. You tell me. Yeah. So, battle wise, uh, a few summers ago, in the gym with Russell Westbrook, Anthony Davis, Joel Embiid, those were some pretty epic times. Wow. This was before Joel Embiid um, came onto the scene. This was during one of the off seasons where he just came off of an injured season, so he hadn't even played yet. So, you know. He was still like a mystery. People a mystery. didn't know if he was like for real or just like talk or like what what was going on. Yeah, so, you know. Joel, as you are as everyone already knows, he has an infectious personality and that's not just on the internet. That's him in real life. So as soon as he walks into the gym That's real. He's you know, he's talking to everybody. Like me and him met and within ten seconds made me feel like I knew him for the last ten years. So, you know, that's kinda him. So everyone kinda gravitates to to Joel. He's a cool guy and all and you know, he walks into the gym one day, and I had never, I had never really even seen him play, even at Kansas. I, I didn't really know much about him. I just knew, you know, he had a cool personality. This is a cool guy. But we step onto that court, man, and it's not even like he was playing against, you know, an NBA guy. I think it was an overseas kid. But you know, he was matched pro. up on. You mean yeah. in this? Yeah. He was, yeah, he was playing against a, a overseas pro. This, you know, comparable in size, about six ten, two sixty. Um, Somebody, not, you know, not a slouch. Yeah, yeah. And when I tell you, Joel put on an embarrassing performance in terms of how he embarrassed this guy. Yeah. I was like, okay, this this is the best center in the East right now. And this yeah. was like summer of 2015 before Damn. he had even played. So I feel like you have this, like you of all people, you have this view like, you knew that, right? Where the rest of the world was like, man, is this guy for real? You know, like, he was drafted. I saw him at Kansas. I actually thought he, I'm going to toot my own horn. I thought he was amazing at Kansas. Okay. I shot, you know, he was showing flashes mm-hmm. here and there. Like, who is that? Man? Right. right? Um, but you, you get to see all that. Yeah. And that's L.A. Yeah. You obviously witnessed, you know, a talent like Joel Embiid. How do you personally identify talent? Like, what's your process? Uh, maybe you can also walk through people, you know, a little bit of what you're doing now every day. You're working with NBA talent. You're working with athletes. You're the man behind the scenes. Tell the people a little bit about what you do and how you identify talent. Um, I think um, it's, it's layered of how I go about it. I think that uh, the first and foremost thing, I think anybody's just going to see skill set. Can this guy shoot? Can this guy dribble? Just like anybody else does. When you said you were watching Joel Embiid, um, I asked you, what did you notice about him at Kansas? Like, what what stuck out to you that you said, okay, this guy can play? Man, he was fluid. He was just graceful. Like, he was getting up and down the court, right. and he was huge. Yeah. And and he also just could win healthy. He was just dominating. Yeah. Dominating. Like, there, there's a certain, like, for me at least, and everyone would be like, of course. But when I saw KD in college, yeah. that was like something I'd never seen before. Yeah. Occasionally when you see guys, who just, you're just like, all right, I've never seen this before. Yeah. That's when I know they're going to be incredible. Yeah. You know. So, I mean, just like anybody, if anyone has somewhat of, uh, of some type of knowledge of basketball, I think it's pretty easy to identify if a guy can shoot, if a guy is seven feet tall like Joel Embiid and can move like a guard. I think if you're a seven-footer with... Uh, 
shooting guards skills like Kevin Durant. I think that's that's pretty easy. But the the thing that I value the most is uh is personality. And it's hard to tell that just doing it from a TV screen. So obviously with um my background and being exposed to it and being around it so much, it's it makes it easier for me to identify a personality. But you know, there's a lot of guys that can play. It's a lot of guys who have an uh, abnormal amount of talent. Like that, that's not everything, though. I think that anybody that will tell you that has achieved greatness in the NBA and has achieved greatness in sports, period, is you know there's a lot of talented people, but talent is not going to make you achieve all the accolades and awards that you want. It's, it's heart, determination, focus, all the cliche shit that people say, but it's real. Um, so, for example, what I'm talking about, like, say, we're, say we're, we're in a group working out and it's Joel Embiid and Anthony Davis and John Wall and whoever it might be. And say, you know, we're in a two-on-two, three-on-three competition. And, of course, when you got that level of talent in the gym, there are going to be plays made that are incredible on one sense, but completely embarrassing for the person who the play gets made against. <clears throat> That's a good way to see personality, to see response to adversity. So if Joel goes in and dunks on Anthony Davis and embarrassing and everyone starts yelling in the gym, and AD just shuts down the rest of the day and doesn't want to play hard. Okay, AD is incredible, but all right, that's something to be aware of. You're watching for that. Yeah, that's that. Now, don't get me wrong, that didn't happen, and AD probably would, <laughs> would turn around and dunk back on Joel. AD, but. if you're watching or listening, please, please don't right. take JD's comments yeah. personally. No, that's my boy, AD. He's he's a real one. So that was just an example, but that's what I'm talking about, like. For me, my process is identifying personality. Like, I'm in the gym this summer with Alonzo Trier. Immediately within two to three days, I'm saying, okay, this kid has it. Before, when he had absolutely no draft stock, and he never had draft stock, he didn't get drafted, I did not care what anyone said. I spent two straight months with that kid. Everything that he's doing in the NBA right now, I'm, I'm not surprised at all. You just have it. Like when you when you can come to a gym for sixty straight days, and the level of intensity is as high as it is for him, the way he approaches working, and it never lowered one day. I'm like, okay, this that's different. You can't teach that. See, I love it. So, uh, JD's referencing Alonzo Trier, the rookie phenom uh, with the New York Knicks, who uh, just an incredible story. It's something that you and your dad worked on yeah. this summer. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Uh, I Look, everyone knows I'm a Tucson fan. I'm a, an Arizona fan, so I've been watching Alonzo for a long time, three or four years. And uh, I have to be honest, most people in Tucson would get frustrated with Alonzo. Yeah. Right? Like, he was a controversial player for Arizona because some people felt like, uh, he, you know, he didn't pass enough. Yeah. He was out for his own. But... What you're saying is you actually identified some of those skills, those traits, and realized that he had a ton of potential. The work ethic, the engine was just there. Yeah. And so that meant other things could happen. 100%. So to piggyback off what you're saying, I'll tell you a story. Um, 
uh, me and my high school coach has a, have a special relationship where we're always debating basketball. He's a old school basketball fanatic that you know lives and breathes this every day. So he's um long time. Uh, Got two decades worth of high school basketball experience back home in Detroit, and you know that's that's kind of what he pays attention to the most. He he identifies seventh and eighth graders and follows them throughout their whole career. He's the guy that you know LeBron James is a fourteen year old and he has a name around the Midwest area. Mass is driving down to Ohio to see a fourteen year old play. That's how much he puts into it. So. He knows these kids at the grassroots level, and you know he identifies the ones he's likes. He likes, and he follows them all the way through. So that's kind of you know who I get a lot of information from because I know Mass probably has. What's his name? His name is Fred Massey, but everyone knows him as Mass. Fred Massey. Yeah, Mass. So, so but um, that's you know we're gonna call up Fred someday. Of course, of course, he would sit and talk to us for hours, but um, so. Long story short, this is one of the kids. Alonzo Trier is one of the kids he always followed. And he, uh, most of the time, me and Mass are not going to agree on who can play and who can't. Mass likes a certain type of player, and I like a certain type of player. And it's, you know, just friendly banter, like just going back and forth, arguing. You know how sports is. You know? Yeah. I like one team, you like another yeah. team. Like that's kind of how we go about it. So, you know, in this particular case, though, I was serious. Mass kept telling me, like, man, this kid, Alonzo Trier, Arizona, he's the one. I'm telling you, I followed him since he was in high school. Seattle area kid, moved around to different high schools. He can really play. I might have saw him play one time in Arizona. I'm right with you and the rest of the Tucson faithful. I didn't see it. Yeah. I, I was just like, uh, this kid forces it. I'll be honest. I thought he was dope his freshman year. I thought he was incredible, and I, uh, you know, to his, I mean, I don't think he was the. I personally think the Arizona program is the problem, yeah. uh, personally, because I thought he had, he was showing so many things freshman year, and then just, you know, bad stuff happened, a lot of controversy in the program, yeah. you know, but things happen to yeah. people, yeah, right, you know, adversity happens to people, a hundred percent, a hundred percent, and. And it's funny that you mentioned that because I'm about to get that t- to that point with him. So first day I met Alonzo was probably this past, the end of this past March. Um, unfortunately, they got bounced out of the tournament pretty quickly. He declared a few days later, and he was off to the races trying to get prepared to go to the NBA. So we got linked up um, at the end of March and spent a day in the gym with him. We were working out and and worked out for like 45 minutes to an hour. I walked up to him immediately after the workout. And this is just, at this point, like, you know, I'm like this with everybody, but you know, these younger kids coming in, I just try to get straight to the point with them. I walked straight up to him. I said, hey man, I'm not gonna lie to you. I thought you were terrible. When, they, <laughs> when we got linked up, I, was, I wasn't even thinking too much about this, like, you know. I, I, of course, I'm going to give any kid a chance because it's not about that. I, you know, if you're a good person, you're a good person. Yeah. And Joe is. So um, I gravitated to him, though, because of the way he approaches the game. And then I just sat back and really got to look at his talent because a point to what you're saying is college basketball isn't for everybody. It's a completely different game than the pros. They don't have a three-second rule. You can clog the lane all day. There's no space to show your ability to create space, create for others, create your own shots. 
it's a systematic game where you have to run 30 seconds a shot clock and pass the ball a bunch of times. And, you know, it's more team-oriented and focused. The kid's name is Isozo. That is that is his Instagram <laughs> yeah. handle. I mean, there's no debating that. That's uh, his that's his persona. <laughs> like that type of game, that type of flow. That's you know everything isn't for everybody. So you know, there's been so many kids that go to college and you don't get to see what they can do because the game is not set up like that. And it, but I'll go further. I would say that it, that's not just athletes, right? I think what we're finding in 2018 is like college is not for everybody. Yeah. You know, like you can get an education, but yeah. it doesn't mean like you you are ready for life or you're ready for the big leagues. That's a fact, right? And so it's all about the focus, the determination, your habits, and grades or university doesn't really have anything to do with anything. Yeah, that's a fact. I agree. Um, but yeah, so to to wrap the point up, I, I you know I I just agree with you. I didn't see it at first, and you know that that happens sometimes. I know several people like that like you're not always going to see it right away some certain situations don't pit people in the best light to show exactly who they are and you know he's an obvious case of that he like you say a lot of controversy around the kid somehow doesn't go get get drafted um people aren't willing to take a chance because of the question marks around him and we sit here today um november 5th 2018 and He's putting the league on notice. Yeah, man. He's making big news, yeah, right? So. If, you, if you haven't followed uh, undrafted, uh, tearing up the NBA in it. I mean, not tearing up the NBA, but 100%. but making making a difference on a young team that's winning more already than yeah. I think people realize. Yeah. And it's exciting. I mean, I, you know, what I would say, hey, look, I'm a startup guy. I I think that what you're identifying, it's, it's an awful lot like startups. Yeah. And that is if you're trying to find, in, in my world, they call it product market fit, which is if you're selling something, you want someone to, to want it, and then when that locks in, then you can just keep selling it forever. And what you in order to be successful, you basically have to go try over and over and over again, and the teams that win are the teams that try over and over and over again until they win. Yeah. And if you just do it once, if you just try one attempt, two attempts, three attempts, maybe you hit, but it's like a lottery ticket. Right. But it's the teams that, that work over and over and over again. And I think that's what, what Zoe is doing, right? Yeah. Like this is a guy with a battery. Yeah. And he's, he's working until it fits. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. 100%. We talk about that all the time, being like so many parodies and um, so many similarities within startup tech world and, and sports. Like, you know, you... You get these these brand new juicer companies that <laughs> yeah. are supposed to, you know, set the world on fire. And you get these brand new lottery picks who are, you know, they're gonna transcend the transcend the position and, you know, six months later they might be in the G League. And six months later, you know, startups out of money. <laughs> right. So Juicero, you know. so you're like, wait a minute. Right, right. <laughs> And then um, on the flip side of it, you, you know, you get a controversial uh, company that comes about and everybody's doubting it like, oh, this isn't going to do anything. And boom, we, we, you know, we might be IPOing a year later or something like that. <laughs> yeah, it's exciting, man. I, I feel like uh, that's why we see eye to eye. Yeah, absolutely.
you know, and I think that's all going down, you know, to, to, to bring it full circle here in L.A., Yeah. right? I think that's why the NBA guys are all here. I think that's why startups and technology and fashion and content, we're all ending up here in L.A., yeah. uh, and that's what chance bending is. Like, we're sitting here, we're like, look, we've got to get to the bottom of this. Yeah. we got to talk to, to people and make sure they understand uh, there's some pretty big trends going on right now. 100%. I think the guy who just put the stamp on that is, you know, the top dog in the game. He can say whatever he wants to. LeBron James came out to L.A. for a reason. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. LeBron, like, if LeBron comes, it's like, yeah, you know something's going right. Made sense, though. I mean, from a basketball perspective, who wouldn't want to link with a legend like Magic Johnson? You got a cool guy like Rob Palenka there in the organization. Is Rob a good guy? Yeah. Yeah. Michigan guy. That's my guy. Yeah. I like Rob. Um, Luke. Been around the game forever. Got youthful energy on that team. So it made it easier with the organization trending upward. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, with the opportunities and everything that he wants to get into in the film and content game, like, it's a no-brainer to do that. And it's just to your point, man, if 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 the leader of the game is going to do that, I think everybody else is going to follow. Not necessarily coming to play for the Clippers or Lakers, but having roots in L.A. and, you know, What's your what's your KD prediction? You have a KD prediction for us? Uh, it's gonna be interesting. Um, I definitely don't think he retires a Golden State Warrior. I don't know if that means he leaves this summer or he continues to sign one year deals and leaves the following summer. But I definitely don't think he's gonna end up being a Warrior. I think um, to to piggyback off just what I said, the, the leader of, of this generation and when it comes to hoops, he made his Miami move, controversial move, and you know he came back to Cleveland and did it. Then he moved on to L.A. I think we're just in a time period where you know guys aren't going for the traditional, I'm going to stay with the same team for 15 years. Like It's a big world, and you know why not plant roots in, in multiple different cities? So... Um, if I had to give a prediction, though, I, I think I think the New York thing might have legs. Why wouldn't you? I think I, I'd compare that to to what I just said with um with LeBron. If if you got a magic, a, a staple in the game, and a legend like that to link with and and pursue greatness with, why not? I mean, I says O and KD on the same team. Hey man, that's a lot of that's a lot of buckets. <laughs> my my guy Scott Perry is over there. That's family. So that's right. You're not gonna find too much of a better GM than that to link with. You know, you're gonna be taken care of. My guy Fizdale is over there. I mean, that's right. If you got Scott Perry and Fizdale in a big time city like New York, Scott Perry and uh, KD have have uh, roots together from their Seattle days. So here's my take. Here's my take. If KD wants to be like LeBron, which we all agree, like look at what LeBron's done. LeBron knows that you got to keep telling story. He's a storyteller. LeBron's a storyteller. He's a great storyteller. And KD, yeah, sure, he has all the multimedia and the the investments now and the Golden State and this, but the story has to keep going. Yeah. And so you can't just hang out with the Golden State Warriors forever now. Right. You have to you have to go tell a story. Right. You know? And I think the Knicks, yeah, it's a great story. It's a big jump. It's a big jump from the Warriors to the Knicks right now. Big. Big. But if, if somebody's gonna be able to do it, it's gonna be him. That's probably the top ten player ever. You so. think the Clippers have any chance? With with Katie? Yeah. They have a chance. Same thing. I think I think all of these guys are becoming aware that you know it's not just about the city 
It's about actually, because you know, everybody from the outside thinks, you know, he's going to play in LA, he's going to play in Miami, New York, all these great cities. You better hope that you have somebody within that organization who you can trust that they know what they're going to do and you have the right support staff around you. Now, granted, it's funny that I mentioned those three cities. Those all have legends who you can trust that you're going to be involved with the winning culture. You want to go down to Miami? You got Pat Riley down there. You want to go to New York right now for a change? We got Scott Perry and Fizz right there. Two former NBA champions. Get it. L.A., both teams. You got Magic Johnson and you got Jerry West there. So, I mean, I think these guys are, are putting an emphasis on that. Like, you know, the guys are tired of the days of going to play for these guys who are guessing and, and you know, acting like they understand what it takes to win. But then six months later, the, the relationship is spoiled. People aren't speaking to each other and fingers start pointing and, you know, that's that's a big emphasis that I think guys are valuing at this point, going somewhere that somebody within the organization understands them and are going to carry out the vision that they, that they want to be a part of. So, Yeah, I think there's haves and have-nots. Yeah. And you see organizations that are uh, they're just next level, yeah. right? Oftentimes they're in the bigger cities, yeah. right, the, the most desirable cities. And, you know, the point of chance betting is we're talking to the athletes, we're talking to the entrepreneurs and the business people that are part of that change. And I think that they're the ones who uh, you want to be around them and they recognize the opportunities. And it's a, it's a have and a have not situation. Yeah. Why, why would you want to go play in somewhere like, I don't know, like some of these crappy, I don't even want to say some of these crappy <laughs> locations or, yeah. or towns, but then you take a look at the winning organizations and the organizations that are doing new stuff. And it's like, man, this is a whole new world. Yeah. hundred percent. So our JD, we got a lot of stuff going on, man. A lot. Yeah. Uh, we're going to bring a lot of stories. Yeah. We're going to, we have a lot of at bats. Yeah. All right, let's do this. Let's do it, man. All right, man. Good talking. For sure.